1: Ah! <laughs>
2: Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday night. Liverpool are two wins from two, so that means they only need 28 more. You know how it works. They've beaten Chelsea 2-0 at Stamford Bridge today in a game where the proper Liverpool came back. um, After a game against Leeds where they were a bit... Eh, they weren't quite at it um, completely. They were... They were the proper Liverpool that turned up today. With me, I have got Keith, I have Chris, and I have Grizz. On tonight's show, we're going to talk about, obviously, the lineups. We're going to talk about Liverpool's performance. We're going to talk about Sadio Mane. We're going to talk about Tiago. We're going to talk about Sendings Off. And then we're going to have a little bit of a laugh of Frank Lampard, if that's alright with everybody. So I'm going to get straight into it. And Grizz, I'm going to come to you. Um, you know, we were a little bit shocked last week at the lineup and what way we'd set out and the players that were involved. This week was no different. Um it didn't come to light till very late on that Joe Gomez and uh Joe were suffering from with slight niggles, is the word I think it was put. Um we ended up with Allison in goal, Trent Alexander Arnold at right back, Andy Robertson at left back, and Fabinho parton um Virgil van Dijk. In midfield, he went with Henderson, he went with an and Keita and the three usual lads up front. Was that a shock to you with Halgrid's?
0: Um shock, no, because if they're injured, if Gomez and Matip are injured, then the natural replacement is, and we've been told, is Fabinho. So no shock as far as that's concerned. The rest of the team picks it picks itself, doesn't it, at the moment, especially with Tiago uh, just arriving. Um but yeah, um with Fabinho <laughs> I've made a massive statement, didn't I, in the WhatsApp group? Few minutes ago, yeah, and, and you've uh,
2: you, 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 before you made the statement, you let us know that you, you were about to make a statement, which was weird, yeah, yeah.
0: But you know, I'm just preparing you guys like statement incoming mm, with the silence and everything, it's okay. But, um, I like him at center back, Gav. I like him, I very much like him at center back. I have been one of his critics, slight critics, in terms of his. Performances in midfield, I know he's a fantastic DM when he's on his game. But I think in games, and today showed it, even going to uh, a so-called pretender to the crown, challenger, whatever you want to say, however you want to hype up Chelsea, the way they set up against us just shows where we are right now. Lads. It really does. We've just gone to Chelsea. Um, who have spent half a billion pounds, right, in a couple of weeks, right, giving it all the larging about they're going to do this, they've sussed out this, they've sussed out that. And they absolutely shit the brick when it came down to it. When the teams came out onto the pitch and and, and sort of stood in their formations, uh, as soon as the whistle blowed, they just went, retreated 30 yards and just camped and played like an away team. Um, and played like a low league team does, and that's absolute credit to us. That's not a slight on Chelsea. That's the aura we've created. So even though we're out of form, we're looking rocky. We've run out of ideas. You know, people have worked out a, 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 a show, a, a sort of a, play, a place how to a game plan how to play against us. We've created this. We've created this monster. That we are our teams. Automatically are overawed, and um, in games like this, similar to how Fernandinho done with, um, uh, with 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 City and Pep, the difference being before everyone jumps in and says, "Oh well, it didn't work for them." Look how look what happened over there. The difference with with us is we've got a structure how to play, and he's just an extra ball playing centre half. Whereas they're defensively crap anyway, individually and as a collective, we're not. Everything else is in place. We just needed to sort of evolve in how we play that role. I think Fabinho could be an absolute masterstroke at centre-back. I'm not saying my first choice, but I'm saying it potentially has the makings of being a masterpiece in the evolution, especially with the midfielders we've currently got at our disposal.
2: That's some answer for um we well, are shocked by that lineup. But thanks very much. Uh, Sharif Ahmed says only starting watching this channel a few weeks ago, but love it. I ain't missed a show yet. Grizz, you're a legend. There's your makers. Um you must have said. You must have lent him that £5 as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, put I'm, it I'm, I'm looking, in. Up, I'm, I'm I'm looking
0: I'm, up for
2: my 5 and now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barry Demony says, Super Chats are back. I've been outvoted on Super Chats. They have been opened on Super stickers of some sort. <laughs> but again, um, if you want to, go ahead, but you don't have to. Um Chris, I'll come to you next. I know Grizz has more or less covered the, the season as a whole Um yeah. <laughs> in that answer. But Chris, you know, I'll put it in a slightly different way, you know the lineup is is the lineup. up It kind of dictates itself because of the whole Fabinho having to go to centre-half and stuff. But does it does it strengthen the narrative that we need another centre-back? Despite him being excellent, and we will get on to him later in detail, despite him being excellent, does it strengthen the narrative that Liverpool need to sign another centre-back because the reliability of the other two just gets questioned too regularly?
3: Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, if you base it on last season... Lovran played 15 games for us in all comps. So Joe Gomez, especially Matip, they ain't getting any fitter, especially Matip. I mean talk is now he's out for a month. So as well as Fabino didn't need did really well. But we've seen quite a few players who have done out of position really well. But when it becomes your normal position, like we saw with Fernandini, like we saw with other players, eventually that adrenaline or that it being a one off wears off. Uh, and for me, I don't want to see Fabino at centre back for 10 15 games. Uh, because I think it takes away from what we have in the midfield. And in a nice possible way, I want to get to a situation where a Henderson, a Fabino, or a the sat on the bench because the midfield's so strong. And then we can just do like we did today with Thiago, throw him on, or we can throw a Fabino on, or throw a Henderson on. I want to have that level of strength and depth, not, well, because we've got loads of midfields, we'll just stick him in at centre-half. Uh, I thought all summer we needed a centre-half who could play <coughs> alongside Van Dyke and make Matip fourth choice. Unfortunately, with Matip, fitness-wise, he's not good enough. Um, ability-wise, he is. But fitness-wise, he isn't good enough. And he ha- hasn't been now for two years. Um, it says that when Degsy-Lovren is actually fitter than him. So, for me, um, whether it happened this summer, I don't know. But I-, I think we need a centre-half badly. Just to put some pressure on... He can just put some pressure on Gomez. Because I think he Gomez plays better when he's got pressure on him for his position.
2: Um. Yeah, I think... Not even to put pressure on it. I think when you're looking for a centre back now, you need to be looking for someone. Um, reliability has to be way up there in the assets that, that, that they need to have. You know, it's, you, we are going to go on to Fabinho later. And listen, it's very easy to jump on a performance. You know, he's done it a couple of times with Liverpool and never looked out of place. But it's, I, I think I'd still err on the side that he's a centre midfielder and he's excellent at what he does for us. Now, the argument can be made that, well, we have Thiago now and we have this and we have that, but still, I would have Fabinho at the base of our midfield over any of them. That's just the way I am. Um, people are asking, Grizz, are you unblocking people tonight? Yes, he is. Um, if you have, um, you're at handy. Uh, throw it in there and Grizz will unblock you tonight. Um, it's a one-hour special. I hope Ray Dickinson is watching because he was blocked during the week. So, um, <laughs> uh, so if... On, <laughs> if Dico and uh, his mates want to be unblocked, stick your at in there, Grizz. Um, I'll pop them up on screen for you to print to your phone as we go, and you do unblock them. If you don't unblock them, um people will report back. As Shame for Keith, we're here. As for Keith, we're here. That will be next Sunday. And giving him one more week to yeah. find himself a wig and put it on him. Um, if he doesn't next Sunday, um, we will have to look into this small uh, print in his contract. Um, Keith, yes, I'm coming to you, um just quickly on the centre-half stuff, you know, and let's have a little chat about Fabinho because, you know, he goes in there, as I said, he's never looked out of place. The, the reliability of the other two now is, I think the reliability of Matip in particular is farcical now at this stage. I mean, and yeah. don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player. I think he works well with Van Dijk. Um, you could argue he's probably, the, he could be forced choice beside Van Dijk, but it's getting ridiculous now. And Fabinho steps in there today and I have to be honest with you, I talk, he was absolutely
1: flawless. Yeah, he was amazing today. The worry is just the reliability of Matip. Now, I don't think we're going to bring in a centre-back now. And I don't know why I have this feeling. I think we're going to go with Fabinho. And I don't think he's going to be a four-choice emergency centre-back either. I think they what they might do is go with what they have now and look to go on a bigger centre-back maybe next summer. Um, whether that be a Ben White or whether that be... Somebody else, you know, up a one of these types of characters. I don't think they go for up a but I have Oh, well, I just think, and it's not based on today's performance because we know Klopp and Liverpool don't, you know, make irrational decisions based on, on one performance. I just think that Klopp has confidence that Fabinho can go back in there when needed. And I think it'll pretty soon in the season be a case that we'll see him there more often. I know you know what you're saying, Gavin, the others, and you know, you want to see him in midfield and you want to see the midfield strength. But I just think that he was, he was immense today. And I compared on the the little after match show, People keep comparing him with Fernandinho, and it's not the same. It's not the same example. Fernandinho was a player who constantly moved back in his career and ended up as center back. Fabinho was defensively, he's naturally a defensive player. And anyway, he was a full back who moved into center mid. It's more natural for him. And you could see it against Werner, who, look, I didn't think he offered much, but I thought Fabinho pocketed him and played him very well. You know, he was, he was their only threat, and I thought Fabinho played him very well. So, I just think it is an option there that Klopp will be more than happy to go with, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is the maybe tour choice centre back this season. Well,
2: yeah, uh, do
0: you know what it is, Gav? Uh, sorry, George. come on. I was going to say, you know, and you know, Keith as well. I, I'm when I say um, Fabinho should be centre back. I'm I'm not suddenly saying we don't need another centre back coming in. What I'm trying to say is we probably do still need another centre back. Because of the fragility of Matip, lesser extent Gomez. What I'm saying, and the statement that I made, right? What I meant by that was, I truly think, just my opinion, right? And you know, I make opinions, and people are there to shoot them down. Just, just the fact that, in my opinion, I think Fabinho should play more games centre back from now on against teams that will let us have the ball. That's what mm. I meant. Yeah, and uh, and. What, what i mean by that is a lot of teams and this is chelsea we're talking about we weren't yeah. we weren't playing fulham west brom this was chelsea at this chelsea was supposed well. to at chelsea they they shut themselves and let us have the ball and that's what everyone's gonna do possibly barring you know leads when we play them again and uh, uh, man city maybe you know this is the this the this is the this is, the, this is sort of the the, the the philosophy every team is gonna have And I think it's so. And I think that's why we brought in Thiago, and that's why it gives an opportunity for one of our defensive midfielders, who is originally a fullback, to maybe go to his original position of a defender, but at centre back, and he still has time Mm. on the ball and everything. I I don't think it's a one-off. I don't think it's like uh, like you said. I think this is a thought-out ploy.
2: Would you like me to put your statement up on the screen for people to see so we can explain no, it? No,
0: I'm not going to no, say it again. No, would you
2: like me to put the statement up on the screen for you?
0: Oh, yeah. Go on. I think I've explained it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we'll just be the judge of that. Um, right. So your statement yeah, go earlier fall. was, oh, there go, yeah. it was, I prefer Fabinho at centre-back. With the midfielders we have at our disposal now, I think Fabinho can become a brilliant centre-back, especially as most, if not all, teams will let us or be forced to concede possession. That was your statement earlier on. Excellent statement. Treat I'm well done for briefing the media um, before you uh, before you made it. Um, but listen, it's an argument that can be had. You know, I know what you're saying. One could come in because, and you could still leave Fabinho in there as an option because one of the other two, how often are they going to be missing? And I think that's a, that's a fair argument to have. But look, we'll get, we'll get on to it a little bit more later. Moving on to the game and Dav, before we move yeah, on very yeah.
1: quickly, can I just yeah. say something? I'm going to throw a comment on the screen there from Arjit Wiseman. Keith, how can you say he's a natural centre back when he's played two positions? I didn't say he was a natural centre back. I said he was a natural defender because he was a fullback. So I didn't say he was a natural centre back, Arjit. I said he was a natural defender. So he has defensive capabilities. So that's mm-hmm. maybe, you know, bit across words, but I wouldn't want you to think I'm, I'm claiming him to be a natural centre back. A natural defender is what I said.
2: Okay. Um, uh, Maverick there says he agrees with Gaz. So I think if he's calling me Gaz as a wind up, but fair play to him. Uh, <laughs> trying to put Fabinho as a centre back is not an optimal solution or choice. That's where I, that's where it comes from me. You know, he, he's, he's good at centre half. He's better than midfield. You know what I mean? You know, you use people to, but you use people to the best of their ability. But if there's flexibility there, that's absolutely fine. I, what my worry is, and, I, and so I've seen somebody here, Mentioned it earlier, what happens if Van Dijk goes down and you need to put Fabinho in centre half? Are you as confident then in your centre midfield of being playing centre half? Because, you know, he's in there, but I'd say, and look, he's a very, very, very good player. But I'd say, you know, Trent on the right hand side of him, Van Dijk on the left hand side of him would have a lot of influence on him. You know, no, I'm not saying that no through a game, but he might be watching his lines off them because he mightn't have trained all week at centre half. You know, Gomez and and Mata might have been given every opportunity to to play, and and it didn't happen. It's just I've no, I don't have a major issue with him playing there. I just don't want to see him long term there. You know, I think I think he, he does add to our centre half options, and that's great. But I think it takes too much away from a midfield when you weigh it all up. And people will argue Thiago and Henderson, Wijnaldum, Kate and stuff. But I, I still stand by. He's the best deep lying midfielder that we have. That's just the way it is. Um,
3: I think Keith, the big I test know. is, to, is sorry, I, I think the big test is next week, uh, Arsenal, because they will play similar to Chelsea. But if we're honest, Chelsea's only real pace option this. Year. This week was Werner. Mm. They don't have it, so it's only only one pace option. Which Van Dijk next year, you can double up and it help, help, helps helps him out. I mean, one on one defending is really good, but when you play an Arsenal, you're gonna have a Bamian, you'll have Lacazette, and potentially Willian or Pepe. You can have three pace options coming at you, and I think that's where Fabino I'll be interested in how he copes with that with three pace options. I think it's a little bit easier with one pace option to throw him in at centre half for one game. I think that's where you do need like a Gomez because he has the pace to get him out of a situation, which I do think Fabino will struggle with. Yeah. So that's it, my big concern for Vino is that many pace options against him.
2: Well I suppose watching him, if you watch him, um if you watch him in, in that position over a over a stretch of games you could you could make a, a much better analysis. One off mm. every every couple of months, you know, the game can fall for you. But I, I, I still think he was he was flawless today. Keith, sticking with you. Um I thought, like, everyone knows I wasn't happy with the, the performance against Leeds last week, and people said, ah, oh, it's easily ironed out, and it's, you know, ah, oh, it's open day of the season, and stuff like that where I kind of go, well, no, you should be ready on the first day of the season, and okay, it could be easily ironed out, but why wasn't it ironed out last Saturday? And it was it was basically down to, I, I felt a laziness in the team, um, maybe an overconfidence, and, you know, I'm being outworked a little bit, but today, Keith, the control from us from from very early on, I thought, was extremely impressive. And I said in the intro, it was the Liverpool we know, and it really was. that, Keith, wasn't it? Because we went out and we we stamped our authority on that game very very early, and and for all the talk of Chelsea, they they um they bottled it. Keith, I'm going to be honest with you. They
1: they they bottled having a good goal at Liverpool today. Daddy did like it was. You know, they're the home team. I know there's no crowd there, but it, it's their familiarity, their stadium. And they went in there and they they let Liverpool have the ball. And we cannot say like Thiago comes in and Thiago can dictate and control play. We were well in control before that. And we didn't get any, maybe didn't have any clear-cut chances, but it was 70% possession or something. And we, we were just, I felt we were tying with Chelsea. I felt we were, you know, we were pulling them all over the place. We were opening them up. In the midfield especially, I thought we were on them like, you know, flies on shoot, I thought at times. But we didn't get them clear-cut chances. From the very start, Liverpool were just on it. Jordan Henderson in the midfield, I thought was dictating it in the first half. I thought um, the defence, obviously, were, were not putting up any pressure at all. You watch the game, I've been in my bonnet about the, the commentary of the game on Sky Sports. I'm sure some, whoever watched it would probably agree with that. I just think it's, you know, the the narrative is that, you know, Mark Hoyler was...
0: The the reason why they're chatting shit on the commentary is they're actually bored of us winning. They they can't take it. They're trying their level best to make up any sort of narrative, agenda, weakness. They're absolutely bored. It's a stroll in the park for us when we're really on it. Like Gav says, last week, me and Gav were upset about the performance, and rightly so. When we're on it, that's us. Yeah.
1: And the board. That's true. That's true. My man so, Arja is back in there saying our pressing was key to our victory that we boxed him in. And he's dead right. I felt, you know, um we just didn't give them a chance. We didn't give them a minute. You could see they were nervous. They were they were uncharacteristically nervous. Because my big question mark over Chelsea this year was can they integrate all these new signings into the team? Well, they haven't even tried because they've only sort of put two in. So I was surprised how um the lack of cohesion that they had in their team for a, a team that was pretty familiar except for two lads up front, you know, it, it was a weird performance by Chelsea, it was a gutless performance by Chelsea and it I was, enjoyed it very much. Uh,
2: do you know something, um, Grizz, just, just on the, uh, and you can talk about the, the, the way Chelsea approached the game and stuff like that, but uh, when we go to play Chelsea, I'm always kind of nervous. What Chelsea will turn up? What Liverpool will turn up? You know, we've played some each other so many fucking times. We always seem to get each other three or four times a season, and but this one, Grizz I wanted to win so fucking much because just because it, a Frank Lampard. I think I hate him as much as I hate Tommy Tuchel now, and yeah, he's in that gang. um, he's in that <laughs> gang, yeah, and and as well as that Chelsea fans talking absolute utter rubbish um, on various fan channels over the last couple of weeks, I suppose, but specifically in the run-up to this one, you know, how they wouldn't lose a game this season, how Liverpool are going to be found out, how Klopp was being sussed by Frank Lampard. I wanted to beat these so much. And, Grizz, not only, not only I wanted to beat them, but for you, Chelsea let their fans down today because they didn't back up all that mountain at all. They, they, they showed a real fear from the outside.
0: Well, this is why um, this is why this is the one of the reasons why I think Lampard is an absolute out of depth manager because he bottled it on the basis of not being there not being any crowd there, so they wouldn't urge them forward. so therefore pick Liverpool off. We were apparently uh, ready to be played the best time to play us, nerve, we look nervous, we've looked shit since project restart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This was the time to show us that we can be got at, we can be attacked. Leeds showed it last week. Blah blah blah. Leeds scored three. Imagine good teams how they're going to pick us off. Ask me bollocks.
2: There's yeah. the oldest team I ever again. I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean,
0: I mean, he played into the fact that there's no crowd there, and he could play his chicken game, which was for a club like Chelsea. And after the game, all right, they haven't got their players all integrated or playing, but you've still got two the best attacking talents in world football just signed for you, in Havertz and Werner, and you've made them ineffective? Come on, you must be a shit coach if you've made Havertz and Werner ineffective for 90 minutes. I actually disagree with you earlier, no, Keith earlier, about Werner. I thought Werner was very lively, but he had nothing around him, nothing with him. As an individual, I thought he'd done very well for his home debut. But I think the fact that there was no home crowd... He bottled it. He absolute chicken shit. Thought, right, look, there's no one to abuse me and shout at me from the crowd. Let me play my defensive chicken game. And that was an absolute bottle drop from Chelsea. And, and and don't get me wrong, it was contrived by our press. We forced them into playing like that. As you said, the stranglehold from the off. Every And I think Hendo, before the, he went off, I thought he was superb. Not enough people are talking about Henderson's performance today. It stood out a mile how he's marshalling. You could hear him everywhere, giving instructions to everyone. No one was above him. Everyone listens to him. He's an absolute general of this team now. And compare that midfield performance to the week before against midfield, where I was the biggest critic of all three of them being shit and ran over by leads in terms of the energy they're running, they're pressing. Well, we weren't today. You know, this this highly herald uh, Kovacic and, you know, saying Kovacic should have been in the player of the season sort of um, nominations. People are saying Kante, all right, Kante is superb. Jorginho, they didn't have anywhere to go. And that was because of our team collectively and led superbly in that first half um, by Henderson. It was the old school Liverpool where we get control of the game and we just keep working the opposition, working the opposition. And I'm absolutely convinced. Regardless of the sending off, we were we were we would have picked them off in the second half like we did anyway. But you know, obviously, it made life easier. But I thought it was a superb performance.
2: Um, good chat going on in the in the chat there about. Um, I think it might be over over Joe Gomez. In fairness to Joe Gomez, he has been. fit. I think there's been questions over his over his um, performances over the last couple of months. But you let him off with. The end of last season, everyone was yeah. just messing about. 100%. And listen, it, you can claim he was bad last week against Leeds, and he probably wasn't the best. But no one really was last week, bar when Salah just decided to start yeah. smashing the mill over the place. Uh, that's Pap the Panasar- thing. He's
1: the easy target. He's the easy target. Like Van Dijk's making more mistakes than Gomez, but you don't dare question Van Dijk. So you're <laughs> well, playing
2: Gomez. Well, well, that's the thing. It's, it's, and you know, my my only my only question over over Gomez is his availability. And, he, and in fairness to him, he's probably been available nearly a full year now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Bar today. Let's be honest about it. Uh, Pat Panasar says, just start watching your channel. Do you think, uh, do you think you guys talk a lot of sense? Keep up the good work. Hope the channel grows to big numbers. Thanks a million, Pat. Uh, the only way it grows is the people uh, in here like and subscribe and they've been brilliant at it so far. Um, the reaction to the last couple of shows have been f- phenomenal, to be perfectly really honest yeah. with you. And listen, I thought that's all we ask for. Likes and shares and, and spread the word and, and we'll do the rest. Um, Chris, just talking about just a little bit on on Chelsea and and you know the, the way they've come out and the, the way they've tried to play there. Were you surprised by it? Because I thought we're all to talk around Chelsea to come out and have a real goal at Liverpool, or is there an argument that the worst thing for Chelsea was how Liverpool won last weekend?
3: Um, Do you know what I'm? He might be He might. Yeah, he might. He might have been scared of like a bit of a backlash, and he's probably still got the five three in his head. Where he did try and go toe to toe with Liverpool, um, I think he did. I think he tried to do a very bad version of Arsenal. Um, I was concerned when I, what well, say, but was intrigued to see how Arteta would do at Arsenal. I would say Arsenal have a poorer squad than Chelsea, but they have two brilliant lads up front. They have a way of playing where they play low, they play a deep deep block, but when they attack, they flick from a three at the back to a four at the back. And Tierney becomes a left back, the left wing back becomes like another winger, and they overload you. Now, listen, it's, a, it's high risk because if you're captain in the transition, um, you'll hurt them. But that's a clever way of playing. And, you know, that's what I'm intrigued by next week because Arsenal have sort of found a, a steal about them or a way to flick a formation to go from attack to defence fight quite quickly. What they did is it was like watching a uh, palace without the organisation what Palace did what Palace did at Old Trafford was low block play two speed lads and hold up and you know catch on the break hold up play Chelsea tried that but they just it was so negative and I think if he had a crowd there he, A he wouldn't have got away with that I think he'd have been forced to do something else but to me I don't know why he didn't just throw on Werner Habert and try Hudson-Odoi two pace lads you've got a you've got a novice centre back there Throw in two pace, lads. Have a bit of balls about there. Have a bit of balls. Have a bit of balls. Because that midfield three, Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, it'll keep the ball, it'll work its arse off, it'll make it difficult for you. So you can afford to have a bit more, be a bit more expansive up front. they would have been better keeping William and sticking William on the wing. Either causes more problems. Uh, which I, I do think, and I've had this theory that this 200 million they've spent on players is the only spending the money for the next manager. Uh, Lampard to me has, has always been a bit of a scapegoat for the transfer ban and I, I don't think he'll go beyond the season anyway um, I think he I think he only got the job because of the transfer ban
2: Yeah and I think um, he's just
3: keeping his, I think he's keeping the seat warm now for someone
2: Well Jonathan Davis says there on the Super Chat he says Lampard will be sacked before Christmas Go around the table quickly Grizz does he last till Christmas?
0: Yeah he lasts until Christmas but only because there's no crowds in there to boot them at half time like they would have <laughs>
2: Okay. Uh Chris, do you think he lasts till Christmas?
3: Yeah, I think he I think he's gone by April.
1: Okay. Um Keith. I'll back Jonathan and say gone's all by Christmas, but I do agree with Chris. I think it's avoided survive till
2: April. Oh, I hope he's gone by Christmas as well. Um so there you go, Jonathan. We're all in this together. Um <laughs> lads, moving on. And the big talking point of the first half, although Liverpool were well on top, I think I think coming towards the end of the first half, I think Liverpool had more possession, they they probably about 20, 25% more passes than Chelsea. Uh, I think Chelsea, I remember seeing about 60 minutes in, had 40 passes in Liverpool's half. 40 out of about 288, I think was the number. And that's gone off the top of my head. So, um, but the big talking point of the first half was Chelsea on the attack, breaks down, gets to Henderson. Lovely ball over the top. Manet's in on it. And Christensen decides he needs a jockey back down towards the uh, other end of the pitch. So jumps on the back of Manet and. Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, thank God for VAR or, or the, the little screen because he's given a yellow, and I don't know what he's prompted then to go over to the screen and have a look. He must have thought, Graz, it was just a collision, and he gives a yellow and the keep was his clothes boy. And then when he looks again, he goes, "Oh, no, that's assault."
0: That and also the position that he was in—he was behind the play, yeah—and uh, he wouldn't have known the distance between sort of Mane reaching the ball in sort of in terms of the next stride would have been Mane controlling the ball <laughs> around the keeper. And that could only be seen by VAR, thankfully, mm. because, you know, we all scream red card as soon as we see challenges like that in the Premier League, but more often than not, they're given yellows. But in this, in this instance, there was VAR. He could go and, and then this amazing sort of uh option now where they, the referees go to the side and have a look at the screen changed. His decision, absolutely the right call. I mean, I thought it was a absolute peach of a pass. When you see it from sort of Allison's eye line, the yeah. camera behind Allison, that's when you appreciate it. The amount of uh, what the amount of gap that he was working with and the pace of the pass was absolutely spot on. The key to the pass was the pace of it and that little bit of backspin, dare I say it. Another you know, way he sort of put some backspin on it. Um it was a pitch of a pass, an absolute brilliant run. Um and yeah, the turning point. Look, we can we can we've talked enough about how shit Chelsea were. And again, we can talk about how shit the keeper was. Um what an awful decision to come out. Um but yeah, he made sort of life easier, I suppose, for the referee to give it a red card because his next touch would have taken him around the keeper. Um Christensen was, you know, was never gonna catch Marnay was and the only the only way to stop him was assault and thankfully VAR noticed the assault and the red card was given.
2: Mm, Kevin Sullivan says the referee done it exactly right um yeah. gave him the yellow check that came back that's what VAR is for. I just when I seen that and I thought yellow I thought he has to go and look at it. But like and he makes the right decision don't get me wrong he absolutely makes the right decision. I thought he was just going to blow, give a free and go. I'm off to look at this. I'll be back to you, you know, without giving the yellow force. But listen, that's the way it goes. It's a fantastic ball by Henderson. And as you touched on it earlier, um, how good he was in the first half. I thought he was immense in the first half. And I mean that he was everywhere. He was driving the, and this is what I'm talking about. When, when, when we, when we beat Leeds last week, there's no way they were happy with that performance. And they would have been having the right word with themselves. And the, the man you want and, and, and genuinely, I mean this, the man you want to come out and show a response is Henderson because when he when he responds, I think everyone responds because we've heard so many players in the past talk about how he leads by example in everything he does on and off the pitch, you know, at the club, when he's away from the club, wherever it is. And when you see Henderson on it like that, you know it's going to be a good day for Liverpool because he sets a bar and he expects everyone to hit that bar. But listen, it goes into halftime and it's nil-nil. And Keith... Um, I said it in the WhatsApp group at halftime, we have to bash these now. No excuses, no fucking about. We go and bash these and put them to bed and don't give them a a sniff of 65, 70, can they hold on and maybe nick something? And we get off to a great start second half. Well, it's it's tempered with a little bit of caution because Henderson, of course, has to go off at halftime. Just talk, it's a slightly... Um, toy calf muscle, I think was was the word on it, but it looks like <laughs> toy toy muscle, sorry. Um, and it, but it looks like it'll be fine now, and he'd be okay for for next week against Arsenal. But Keith, we come out, Thiago comes on the pitch, and everyone's buzzing on that, and we take control immediately. And I have to say, Keith, it's a brilliant opening goal for Sadio
1: Manic. It was amazing. It really was. It, it's Liverpool at like their best, isn't it? It's it's the front players walking um as a unit, you know, you see cutting open. those passes before that. It was just a wonderful goal, you know, and, and to get it that early into the second half, I think Chelsea would not they didn't they didn't offer much in any way, but I think that was just the the slug in the gut that they didn't want to get and they just couldn't couldn't live us after that. You know, it was it was an amazing goal. Great play by Mo and Bobby to get in there great cross great header everything about it smashing goal absolute yeah. brilliant goal
2: and and Chris when you see the goal if you watch the reaction of the Chelsea players when it goes in it's as if oh fuck it I'd say they were told go out there keep it tight you know stay deep Close off channels, you know. Stay narrow, um, let them cross it if you want. But we need, we have enough in there to get rid of it and stuff like that. And it really looked like it, it, it knocked the wind out and didn't it? And I have to say, the ball in the, the football is great. The ball in is brilliant. The header is actually an, an unbelievably good header. But it really knocked the stuff in out Chelsea, didn't it?
3: Yeah, it. Uh, they were they were hoping for like let's get let's make it an awkward fifteen. Uh, which, to be fair, is something Liverpool in the past against i have struggled. The best thing I liked about Liverpool is it was only been a couple of years ago. We played against 10. You'd have seen dickhead pop shots from centre-backs, left-backs, from 30, 40 yards. You know, it's pressure. Up. We have to get a goal, we have to get a goal. Um, this was controlled aggression and picking your moments and using the spare man, uh, which, torres played for me someone like a Firmino plays into his, his element and the header, I mean, man, he's probably the best, probably one of the best headers we've got you know, it's, it's a wonderful header keeper's got no chance of shift as he is uh, no keeper saving that it's a, it's a wonderful goal, and Klopp, you can see my Klopp's reaction, he kn- he knew first goal was key, and mm-hmm. get it so early <clears> uh, I think he knew that right, we've got these now, because they have to at some point come out, and that's just going to play into our hands.
2: Yeah, and and, and that's exactly it, and Keith I'll just come back to you like it is a fantastic goal it does knock the stuff in our Chelsea and are you thinking then great but now we get a second yeah. you know we because it, you always hear it you know when the underdog is playing the first goal doesn't make a massive amount of difference you know they're still going to hang on and wait for the last 10 and try to throw something match it to grab something we needed to put distance between them and the second goal comes, Keith, and Manny tries to play a ball. It doesn't quite come off. But instead of standing, and looking, going, "Oh well," look, you know, he he takes off after, it. takes yeah. off after. Kepa is just a fucking abomination of a goalkeeper. Oh. How, Long how they stays. how they paid like I don't know four four five or six million. Well, he, he paid six or seven million more than we pay for Allison. Yeah, for him. um, is absolutely off the charts, and he tries to be cute and play a ball. I think the Jorginho and Manny cuts it out and fires it in and. And if the first one didn't kill them, the second one most definitely did.
1: Yeah. Uh, Flash Gordon says they're a big upside. You're chasing the ball down after losing it. You could see a clip of the goal afterwards, and you saw Manet's reaction when he sort of lost the ball and the determination to get in there. And just to, to make a nuisance of himself, because I think everyone knows that Kepa is a liability. He's a goalkeeper whose confidence is very, very low. And there's always a chance of a mistake. Look, we've been on the receiving end of that ourselves. And he just knew there was a chance in there for him. And he gambled. And you love to see it. Do you know what I mean? It was it was brilliant. And to get that second goal so quickly after the fourth one, that was a game over. You know, Chelsea were never going to get back. They never looked like getting back into it, Chelsea. You know, they, they really didn't. So in a game like that, if it was, let's say, liverpool Man City, where it was a bit of an end-to-end, 2-0 is still a bit of a, a dodgy scoreline. But th- this game today... You know, Chelsea's only chance really comes a few minutes later. We'll go on and talk about it. But um, I just didn't see them coming back into the game at all. No,
2: either did I. Laura Duffy says, to be fair to Keppa, he got his first assist of the season. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> nice one. Every cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few points in the out. I wonder, did he get points on in the uh, fancy league for that? No. Um, I wouldn't say anyone has him in goal at this stage. No, um, uh, well, I'm surprised. you surprised but, with team. I, I'm, Well, here, yeah, you can laugh because you're <laughs> I'm the one you took Son of your team, didn't you, yesterday? And you put yeah, in don't uh, tell me I don't know
0: football.
2: Marcus Rashford. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was, um, that was that was entertaining. I think I got fifty or sixty points today um on the Premier League, You've and done I still have. Well. have All had play. Son as captain, so
0: unbelievable call. I mean, but, that is look. Tell the truth, did you leave him there by no, default? Or no, did you because last week.
1: I selected him because last week Hats I forgot to mate. pick a captain. No, no, last week Richarlison must be captain and he got me like two points. So I changed the made sure to change it this week. So what, it was
0: uh, well, it's totally off topic, but just give it 30 seconds. Sorry, Gav, because a lot of people play FPL. Mm. What made you pick Son away to Southampton after their performance against um, whoever they played and they were shit last week?
1: Everton. Um, Everton. I just thought he would get a reaction. I just thought that was a feel good around Spurs when they brought back the Messiah, Gareth Bale, ah. and I thought the club was a bit on their uppers, so I decided that they'd they'd have a chance. Um, I have son and as a midfielder, so I was like, right, I went. But
0: that
3: Everyone, was him, That's what you call and a so football man.
0: That's what you call
3: a football man. Yeah, and Southampton are shit at home, aren't they? Southampton are poor at home. Uh,
1: well, that's a football. I so have Danny Ings as well. By the way, I have Danny Ings as well.
0: All right, relax now. Yeah, no one likes <laughs> no, <relax now>. <laughs> I'm
1: on eighty-nine points this week.
2: Uh, I'm 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 bottom of the league, I'm bottom of the twelve man league. Um, because I only start asking about the rules today. I was like, lads, what's that wild card do? <laughs> and lads, what does that do? But what's this bench boost missing? So I've worked out what the rules are now, so I'll, I'll start um I'll start giving a um serious consideration after go on yeah, yeah. I, well, I've done better than last week. If I continue to do better every week, I, I'll get Absolutely. somewhere. But um, but um, listen, um, it's it's two 0 Um, Liverpool are cruising. Let's be honest about it. They're 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 way better than Chelsea. And Chris, I want to give you the first um little chat about Thiago Alcantara because he comes onto the pitch and he. Do you know the way you hear about people going? Oh, you, you need to bet in and walk out how Liverpool play. We're just going to adapt to him. I think that's, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to go look at that fella. He's the fucking business. Uh, let's just play around to him because he was, now he gives away a penalty, which we we'll get onto in a minute, but that's, that's by the boy. He was, I thought he was fucking unbelievable. There was one pass he hits. At one stage, where Chelsea are messing about, they kind of hack it away from a left back position. It's being fizzed at him, and he doesn't even stop it. He just plays a fourth time, 30 yards, bang into Fabinho's feet or Firmino's feet, and I think even Firmino was shocked at the quality of it. How good was he, Chris? Because I just thought he was ludicrous. To be honest with you,
3: majestic, mate, absolutely majestic. I mean, I, I'm not the only one, but I remember when he was at, he broke through at Barca, and, and when he went to Bayern, in, you just like. This looks a player. This looks, you can see why Pep talking to Bayern. Uh, so I've been, you know, hoping we'd sign him. It's been really exciting. I must admit, I was one I thought uh, how quickly will he settle in. You know, every player's quality, but you know they've got to settle in with the team. I mean, the fact he, I think the fact he speaks English so well probably makes a settling in period quite well. But you could just tell when your best players Van Dyke, Mane, Salah, you know, they all know how quality is. And it's not like they bed him in slow. It's just, they just ping it at him like they ping it at anybody else. And it it was just like, he just looked like he was doing it at a walking pace. It was so, I know I know it's 10 men lower, but it just looked so easy. Uh, you know, the the shot the past he was doing, the, um, the shots he was pulling off, you're going, this is what, this is what you, although you know he's brilliant, when you see it live in your team, you go, you do see this is next level stuff. This is, gives Liverpool a dimension they've not had. Uh, I mean, and, you know, this and this is a very, very, very good Liverpool team. It's probably the best Liverpool team I've seen in my lifetime. So, you know, to add that quality uh, was brilliant. You know, and um, I can't wait to see any more. I can't wait to see more of him. You know, I'm really excited. I just hope he starts every game now because it's just um, it's just exciting to see what he can do. And to be honest, I think that's only him at half pace. I think he can probably play a hell of a lot better than that. I'm not, not saying he was poor, but I do think he can play a hell of a lot better. He's just wait till he finds his feet. I think yeah, uh, this is gonna. I think I think if I think a few of these Chelsea fans on these other podcasts are now going shit. We now re- we now realise what next level is. We now realise why they ha- haggled and waited till they got him because that's all they needed. It was that extra level thing, but it was a oh, it's great. To, it was brilliant to watch. Um, I I enjoyed it. It made me very relaxed second half. You know, nil nil. I'm always a bit anxious, but as soon as he came on within the first two three minutes, he was just like. We'll be fine here. This is great.
2: Yeah, he's. Uh, Flash Gordon says there's one where he looks to whip one back post to Genie, and we haven't had someone off that vision since probably Coutinho. Grizz, Tiago Alcantara, um, he's. I thought he was just majestic, and, and as Chris says, he's coming into a side there that, you know, he's probably trained with once. Once. Twice, max. Yeah, and, once. and somebody else says there he's constantly talking. He walked onto that pitch as if, I own this fucking place and I'll show you what I'm all about. Grizz, how good can he be for this side? Because we always talk about the functionality of Liverpool in, in midfield. and But he looks like a player that can come in and be absolutely functional if you want him to be and then just be absolutely outrageous when you need to be as well.
0: And that's why FSG in conjunction sort of with Klopp, Edwards and Cole, <clears throat> decided that we don't care about how old he is. We don't care about his record Injury, blah blah blah, whatever the situation. Maybe we don't care if we can get him for free, or we'll start talking about getting him for free in general. We want him now, and this is the reason why people talk about. Sort of, he speaks Portuguese, German, Spanish, mm-hmm. English. The best and the most common language he speaks above all is the language of football. Gav, it's that's
1: it. Gav,
0: that guy like that. is. Yeah. Tweet that. It's got legs. That that guy is, um, and, the, and the beautiful combination of him coming to this club, Gav, is I know you said he came and he, th- and he, and he thought, right, I own this place. I think the humility of our team and his humul- humility in terms of being able to learn more is the perfect combination. And that's why Klopp was so insistent. There are a handful of players in world football that can improve this team, but not many will have the characteristics and the humility that Klopp will instantly bring along and instantly put on the pitch. You could see just the, the camaraderie between him and the players and Klopp. He was learning, he was listening, his his, his shouting or talking on the pitch, it just showed signs of maturity and, and humility. And our players also are very, very good. Let's not take anything away from our boys. Even without Tiago, we're the best team in the world, right? But with Tiago, so they accept that this is Guy's elite and he accepts that he's coming to an elite team and, and, in, and, and as a combination, that's lethal for everyone else. And we saw it, don't get me wrong. 10 against 11 was easy for him and Klopp knew that. And that's the beauty of Klopp as well. He feels the situation of the game. And he knew this is what I've bought, and this is the perfect situation to bring him in. That forty-five minutes would have done him absolute wonders and no harm. He got to know his players, start talking about Robo, you know, and Trent go Because I tell you what, his passing—there's a pass that he does where it's the instep of his foot, and the ball goes opposite of where the direction of his toe. He does it with just a bit of side swerve. It's a thing of beauty, and we haven't even seen like
1: like you down the pill huh? hall.
0: That's, That's the yeah. one.
1: Yeah, all we, on the on the crease as well. When there's a bit of give, a, a soggy yeah. crease and grizz yeah. whips yeah. them in there. Yeah, well. The
0: the cricket season is over and you the underarm,
2: the underarm topspin. The the yeah,
0: but um, but, but is, we haven't even seen his repertoire absolutely out of this world, and I'm so excited to see the rest of it. It's just an absolute shame, A fucking fuckery of a shame that there's no crowd to welcome in because. Yeah. You know, we would have been, we would have given him a welcome of his lifetime, and he would have, you know, he would have known. I know he's coming from Barcelona and Bayern, where they absolutely adored him and massive crowds. But once you feel the love of this LFC family, I tell you, you know, it's it's something else. And that's the only drawback. But welcome to LFC to Thiago, and, and 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 welcome to the Premier League, because they're about to see something that, you know, in my as I said, in, in my opinion, is 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 absolutely head and shoulders above anyone else in this position. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, Keith. Um, pretty, uh, Dylan,
2: uh, D- Dylan, well. yeah, D- Dylan O'Rourke says he's so passionate. Anyone see yeah. him celebrating tackling Kate that 2 yeah. and up? I did, and then he's yeah. and he follows her up with, um, I've just seen a picture of him, uh, up in arms about the red card, so he gets it already. Now, Paul Hardwick does say, lads, calm down a bit. It was against 10 men. I, I don't even think it was, it was the situation of being against 10 men, I think it was just the quality he's shown, like, ball fizzing into him, and he's just like genuinely. I'm, I'm going to watch the match again now after this. But th- there's one that comes into him. I think I think Liverpool had just gone one 0 up, and it, it's that it's it's a Alonso at left back hacks one into midfield, and he just it's coming at him, and he just absolutely stuns it thirty yards into Firmino's feet on the edge of the box, and it's it's that good that Firmino can't even adjust his feet that quick to go. What the fuck? Where did that come from? Um, yeah. And that's how good it was. But a couple of things on on his um, demeanor, Keith. You know, he makes that tackle on Kante, which we, we all see the little clip going around and, and Milner's giving him the big fucking high five and he's, yeah. he's nearly cheering himself like, you know, that's a big one because we weren't letting him out of that box and, and that we boxed him in and we had to make it, make a make it count. You know, he's hitting pass and you see, there's one stage someone says something to him and he hits a pass and he just puts his hand out to his left and just as if to say, relax, you know, and it was a real kind of, Virgil does that an awful lot. You know, he'd tell people relax, push back, and he's he's, he's pointing and prodding all the time. And straight into it, he was. And he was telling people not telling people where to go, but nearly he was nearly moving his chessboard around the pieces on his chessboard around. I think it was a, a hugely impressive debut, Keith. And, and the most passes in 45 minutes since records began in 1896 or something, yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Fred Flintstone had the old record and it's just been got- taken away from him, gone. Yeah. Well, look, I think Grizz made an excellent point there as he usually does about the crowds because I think if that was in front of a packed crowd, not even at Anfield, in Stamford Bridge, anywhere, you'd have heard the reaction to the home fans would have been like, oh, bollocks, this fella is coming on. And you'd have, you'd have smelt the fear out of the crowd. And that's what this fellow will do. You mentioned Gavabel Virgil has that sort of, since he came in, he had that calmness and that authority to start dictating. I think this, I'm, oh, I'll put my neck out, I don't think there's been many, if any, better signings in the Premier League than this one, right? I think this fella is absolutely amazing. Me and Sean, he spoke about him before, about how he's one of the top players in the world. We've just got him what I felt teams were doing against Liverpool was they were saying, right, all their threats coming down the wings. This midfield is gack in in here. We can let them have the ball. We're gonna we're gonna put two men in there. We're gonna pin Trent back. We're not gonna give them a chance. As you said, Gav, he's getting the ball now and he's pinging in things from fucking sixty yards away with side spin and back spin and every other spin he can get. They're not going to be able to deal with that. He's going to punch holes in teams from. He was from like, the um, of the he,
2: he, he was like, you know, the the, the number one pro in virtual tennis, like there was just spin yeah. everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? I it was like
1: the fucking snooker player. It like the, in the, it was
2: like Grizz down in the Hackney marshes, throwing balls yeah. around the place. You know, um, we, go on, go on, Chris.
3: Sorry, the only thing to so add to it, uh, I see Paul say, for you know, calm down. there's only ten men." I get that, but I think what the excitement you can bring from that, Paul, is. Think back to when we got knocked out by Atletico Madrid. We didn't have in the midfield or in the team that little bit of cuteness, that little bit of calmness when don't panic, it's nil-nil. You don't have to go at this. We can take our time, we can pick our pass. If you'd have had someone like Atiyah, it's not disparaging the midfield we had, but even in the Anfield game or the away game, if you'd have just had some of his calmness and ability, I think Liverpool would have, would have got through because I think they just needed that little bit of just someone, a, lead, a, a technical leader who could just go, I could pick it, could pick it the pass through the eye of the needle. I can move these around. Um, so, be the, in- what The words, there were times we got desperate with just the, I'm going to blam it from 20 yards and hope it goes in. You know, I think he'll stop a lot of that. I think he'll actually give yeah. us an option to get Trent in behind, you know, get a Firmino in behind if Firmino came to life today. I mean, that's the most I've seen Gino and Alden get forward in the game for ages because he knows yeah. now he can go forward and someone will find him. So that's why Chris did because Chris, it shows we can do. Chris, shall I tell you
0: what we're gonna find now? And you make a very interesting point about Ginny getting forward and for and Firmino coming to life. Now, this is not a slight on or, or, or showing disrespect to the midfielders that we've got uh, or sorry had before Tiago. But what Tiago will do now, and you know, and, and it will be visible now he urges other players to get into position. And the reason why he does that is because he has the confidence in his own ability and he knows what he can do. So he'll say, look, he'll say things like, Gini, you keep making that run. Even though I'm looking over there, I know where you are. Relax, don't worry. I know you keep making those runs, even though you're behind me. And that will inspire and that will become an understanding that this team will have. I'm so confident of it. Yeah, so he won't rely on Sort of players. Sort of players won't rely on sort of the ball, uh, the, the guy who has possession of the ball, seeing them and then making the run. He doesn't do that. He knows when you know these great players. A lot of people saying, "Oh, we got our Alonso back." Look, Alonzo was a big fan's favorite. For me, I was a fan, but I wasn't sort of a mass biggest fan of Alonso. And one of the reasons for that is, and 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 some people are comparing him to Fulcutinho. This guy's a hybrid of both. We haven't seen him take on midfielders. He can actually beat players with with, with sort of body swerves and what like Phil Coutinho used to do. He's not the quickest like Phil wasn't, but how Phil used to sort of have quick feet. This guy's got the quick feet of Phil Coutinho and he's got the passing range of Alonso. I think he's got far more to his game than Alonso. And I know how high people sort of, you know, hold, uh, you know, sort of, um, Alonso and I rate, rate him, they're about to see another level with this guy, and that's the beauty of it. And people like Firmino, Mane, and Salah will absolutely come alive even more. And that's that's the encouraging and the beauty of this.
2: Um, Mind Over Matter asks, Gav, what is your best midfielders to start based on today's game? Uh, it's a good question, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. Um, it all depends what system you want to go with. And I'm convinced, um, I don't know what, mine, what Matt's real name is, I think he told me and I can't remember. It was Cans involved. Simon. But it's not That's Simon. It Fuck off, don't start Simon. that Simon stuff again. <laughs> um, he'll tell me in a minute. Um, he'll tell me in a minute. But um, I'm fairly sure that the way he's shaping this squad and, you know, Thiago, Being one of them, obviously, but I think even more so with Jota, I think he's looking for a mix of formations, both when we start games and in game. You know, the only time you usually see Klopp change in game is when we're holding on to a lead he might throw a towards centre back on, you know, to shore things up. He usually makes like for like changes and keeps a shape because he trusts his team. In this one, um. I think you'll see three in midfield. I think you'll see a 4 2 three, one at times as well, a lot more often than you did over the last probably two seasons. Best midfield, if I'm playing a three, I want Fabinho there. Um, I want Henderson there and I want Thiago there. And yeah, uh, Wijnaldum and Keita are unfortunate to miss out, but I just think that mix of Henderson's running power alongside... The fact that he helps Salah so much and he helps Trent so much. Um, and what I mean by they don't need help, but he, he allows them to play their game. I think Henderson is pivotal. I think I love Fabinho as our deep line player simply because he has got a range of passing. He's big. He can win things in the air. He's strong. He's physical. He can get around the pitch. And Thiago is Thiago. I think he can put him anywhere, but to have the likes of that backup of a Wijnaldum and a Keita is just, and Jones, of course, is, is just phenomenal. Alex, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain obviously has to be mentioned you have Milner there as well absolutely stacked in midfield Owen oh, Bourke says Tiago Kate and Fekir. <laughs> oh, but but uh, <laughs> if it comes down to a 4-2-3-1 then you change then it changes because if you, I, don't, I don't see ma- the only thing about the 4-2-3-1 is I don't see many teams that we need to win with two defensive midfielders all right, I just don't see it now. It Maybe a play in Europe where we want to stifle a game—that's absolutely fine—and we still have the four lads or three or four lads up front. That goes for it, but you have to—I have to be honest with you. Tiago gets into any midfield that you put out it's yeah, as simple as that and thinking. that's not because I've watched him for 45 minutes against 10 man Chelsea it's because he's outrageously good um, and he has been for years and years and years um, at Barcelona at Bayern Munich and he's won the leading lot you know I think he, he'd sue anybody in a two he could play in a two with Fabinho no problem no problem at all and you know, you could even put them in a ten if you want and just send, let them let them float around. So to ask who the best midfielders are, I think, is, is a very hard question. But to have that amount of options is is an absolute dream. It's an absolute dream. And it's something it's something that we have spoken about on this show. And I'm sure our supporters over the last I don't know. Go back as many years as you like about having depth, having options, having strength. You know, you, we watch United through the nineties going, oh, the fucking he's out and they just bring him in. That's what we're at now. And that's where you want to be. So you don't want to be looking at going, oh, will the ox go now because of this? No, why not? Why? Stay where he is. Let him have all their options. If a player doesn't want to work hard to try to get into this side or gets as you know, has, has a long face because he's not getting in. You might want to go and do something somewhere else. But the mentality of these players for me is that they all absolutely fight to the death. And if it means that you play one game in three or two games or in six or seven, fine, because they're all part of a squad here now that's looking to build what, quite honestly, could be a dynasty in football.
1: Yeah. Come on, true. Keith. No, no, I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, the options in this team now, it's getting frightening You know, if we go back to... Let's say six months ago, and our midfield options—you know, Lalana was there, and he was hitting miss. I so personally liked Lalana; I thought he was a good player. Curtis Jones was only coming through. We had the Ox who was injured. We have Keita who hadn't settled. A lot of these problems are now. Kata looks a bit more settled. He looks physically a bit more able for the Premier League. Curtis Jones to me, someone said there a minute ago that I don't see him getting a game now with these options. Curtis Jones looks a serious option as well for me. I think if you went to a 4-2-3-1, Curtis Jones would play off one of the, <coughs> the flanks in that sort of formation when he's not expected to be a winger, but an attacking sort of midfielder from either side. So There's, does options all over the place. I've never seen, I've never seen a squad like this for Liverpool and the way it's being built. We've Had our own fans have questioned us too much over the last month, let's say, about FSG. We are building a squad now. Well, look, we have had our weaknesses going into the season, and they're all being addressed. If we do sign so a center back now, it doesn't matter Oops. who it is, could be off Dublin bus over 35s, and it's another center back. Joe Walsh isn't getting again. Joe Walsh is the man for the, the, the big occasion, but. It's just answering questions and they're doing it so, so smart. Do you know what I mean? They're doing it so smartly. People are giving out about Jota, right? Jota is is going to be a fine addition <laughs> to that front line because he's you. not going to be a starter. He's not, people Absolutely. The thing that's annoyed me most right? is how people are saying, how can they afford to pay 45 million for Jota, but they wouldn't pay 50 million for Werner? People haven't got a clue. Werner was 50 million up front. He was getting 250 a week.
0: Yeah. It's half the deal, half the the wages, and paid over four years. Which business would not take up that deal, an offer like that? But just adding on what Gav said, and you as well, those riches in central midfield is the reason why Fabinho will be more than a spare at centre-back. That's my opinion. I know we use discussing about sort of the best midfield and the best options. I really can't see us sticking to the four three three all the time.
2: Okay, so and let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because I know we are going with this, so I'm going to ask it right. And you can all answer, but I let Graves go first. I want we're playing four three three. Okay, everybody is fit. Everybody is fit. I want you to pick me your two centre backs, and I want you to pick the three midfielders, please.
0: Who are we playing and where are we playing? Well, From pick where? any
2: any any way you want. Well,
0: again, you know it's horses for courses, and
2: City that's away. what great squad. Okay, tell si- you what, City away, yeah, City away, yeah,
0: that's a good question.
2: Right, so you have City. to play your optimal best team, yeah.
0: City away, I would, I would go four
2: two three one, and my no, 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 no. I want you to give me the three midfielders you would play in a four three three. I wouldn't. You
0: wouldn't. No, I wouldn't play four three three against okay. City away. I, okay. This is my point. I would,
3: say, I would put the same with Fields where it's four three three or four
0: two three one. See, yeah, exactly, and that's op- opinions. And I totally wouldn't. Keita, uh sorry, Tiago. In my opinion, in my opinion, Tiago won't play uh, the deepest lying midfielder on his own against uh, teams that clock sort of. Uh, you know, rivals, big teams away from home. I think he played it today because they went down to 10 men and he brought in Thiago on his own and he controlled so it. So who would
2: you play as If you are playing a four-two-three-one? who's your two deep?
0: Uh, Henderson and uh, Thiago.
2: In a two? Mm. And in a three?
0: In a three, I would go... I would go... I would go Henderson... Uh, Genie and sorry, Henderson, Kater, Henderson, Genie, and Tiago.
2: So, in no system now that you're playing, yeah, are you putting Fabinho in your midfield? Correct, that's outrageous.
0: It's my opinion, opinion.
2: it's absolutely outrageous. It's my opinion.
0: Isn't this an outrageous course? Did we here for the outrageous So you you
2: you're Williams. playing I think, I you're think, playing think, you're, playing, think, two, you're playing two you're playing two deep midfielders because you're worried about obviously worried about people's attacking threat. And you are now going to drop out your best defensive midfielder. Out of either of them systems, playing See, in in hold on in a system that four two three one is designed for to two sit deep to protect the back four because you're worried about the other team's attacking options, and you are dropping your best defensive midfielder out of both of those systems.
0: Yeah, I'm playing him at centre back because I think he's got the capabilities. I think he's going to be a brilliant centre back for Liverpool in the next year or two. I okay, think, so will everybody fit?
2: Think, you? So will everybody I think, fit? You are now making Fabinho your fourth-choice centre-back partner of Virgil van Dijk.
0: We have to remember that two games into the season, Fabinho, has, uh, Fabinho hasn't started in central midfield. I'm just saying. So let's see how this progresses. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep a note of it. So that's two games in, and Fabinho hasn't been the deepest-holding midfielder. Our captain is and has. I think, I think, and if I'm wrong, we're here. I think Henderson will play more games at number six than Fabinho this season.
2: Maybe so. Either in a
0: two, either in a two or either as the deep lane, uh, uh, as the six.
2: Um. And would you consider Henderson's best position to be in a two or the deepest of a six or the deepest of a three? three I don't,
0: I don't, I, I, in my opinion, Henderson has evolved into a very good six in a two. I don't, rate him high enough to play him as a eight in this team.
2: Wow, that blow me mind now. <laughs> you blow me mind, Chris. Um
0: That's what I'm here to do, man. I'm not here <laughs> to be a yes man. You know.
2: So, I mean. so what we're saying is now we're not going to play. We're, we're, we're making Fabinho our fourth choice centre half with Virgil van Dijk. No, That's I am. The, No, 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 no. Yeah, you were. Um, yeah. So. I'll be our assistant manager while you're picking this. So we are making Fabinho our fourth choice centre half partner with Virgil van Dijk. And we are moving Jordan Henderson from the position where he's been most effective over the last 18 months of his little career, I think. I think that's fair. I disagree. And, and, well, I think, I think the effectiveness is shown by the way he plays football and what he does and how he affects others around him, i.e. Salah and Trent. So, if you're playing, if you're playing this three-man midfield, you, you're putting Henderson deep. Who are you putting in there instead of in the a? Uh, Ginny Genie and uh, Tiago. Okay, Keith, are you going along with this madness? I <laughs>
1: sort of am a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Football, men will,
1: football I, men will know. I don't know. I just well, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that he's going to play Fabinho a lot of centre back. I think Gomez is. is I'm going to say Gomez is the best young centre-back in Europe. I I don't think he gets enough credit and I don't think he gets enough praise off our own fans. But I think he can have mental blocks. And the reason I threw in Man City away is because I think he'd play Fabinho, a centre-back in that game as well. I don't think he'd play him every game, but for Man City away, I think he would. Just because I think Gomez can... Gomez gets into silly battles in certain games in his head and he can sort of lose it. So I put Fabinho and centre back in a game like that. Okay.
2: You're is, both ending Joe Gomez's uh, Liverpool career. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm yeah, you are. you yeah, absolutely, absolutely are. on, on no, the last you're, you're absolutely ending Joe Gomez's Liverpool career.
1: I'm only saying it for one game. Well, no, you're not. Because because if you're going it's to play Fabinho.
2: It's the biggest game, and you're, you're now going to tell I'm Joe Petro Gomez he's not good stated. enough to play. No, you, you are, only, now, hold on. You are genuinely yeah. ending Joe Gomez's Liverpool career here If Joe because, Gomez
1: isn't strong enough mentally to get over that, well, then he's not good enough for Liverpool.
2: Well, it's well if he feels he's and good I enough think to play is, for Liverpool... Boy, like, I think he is. Well, he absolutely is. So what we've done is now, we've watched Fabinho at centre-half today, okay, and we've decided he's the best centre-half we could ever have beside Virgil van Dijk. And at the same time, we've said... You know, Joe Gomez. Yeah, he's been off it a little bit, but most players have in the last couple of months. And you can't f- single him out for last week against Leeds. And now we're deciding that he's never going to play centre half Liverpool. Mm, no, this is,
1: I think, this, is jo- mm. this
3: is Joe Gomez who we have lost one league game with him playing centre back with Van Dyke. This is Joe Gomez, Van Dyke, and one, Gomez yeah. together as a pair. Van Dyke and Gomez as a pair statistically can concede the least amount of goals. Mm. Whether that's yeah. Van Dyke Lapra and Van Dyke and Van Dyke
0: uh, Van
1: Dyke Fabinho, Fabinho conceded zero.
0: Like zero. so yeah, yeah if conceded, against for what, for one, against against, against Werner and Lewandowski it's not bad
3: I think even Van, that's good Chris but Van Dyke didn't play in that game hence why Fabinho was centre back
0: but 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 Chris I get what you're saying so, but I'm just going to go back to Gav's so, point about we've written off their career we haven't no one's no one's actually said I, that apart from Gav I'm,
3: I'm not man. I'm not dissing Fabinho but you know he's he played two games yeah. centre half I, I think I've, I think it's a I've, little bit. I think Fabino has been overhyped for two games in centre half. Joe Gomez has been written off for a rocky six months.
0: No one's written off. He's twenty
3: three, and he's twenty three. And, and I'll be honest: how many of twenty three year olds are playing for elite level clubs? Regularly? I agree with you.
0: So I agree with if you. If you ask me,
3: if everyone's fit and everyone's on form, to me Gomez and Van Dijk is your go to partnership. It's got pace, it's got power, it's great in the air, it's got gives you all the passing ability in the world. I don't know. So, go, Joe. I, have, Joe no, Gomes now. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree Joe, with that. Joe, Joe Gomez now. Saying... I would say no. Oh, hold on, let speak. But, but Joe Gomez now, I, I agree. He probably need, I, me. This is why I want another centre half. Because to me, Joe Gomez is off form. And I, I would like him taken out for four or five games, like we had beginning of last season when we had a fit matip to give him a bit of a kick up the arse. Because he's 23. And I think at 23, you go through spells and you, you need a bit of a kick up the arse sometimes. Because, you know, it's easy to drop your standard slightly at that age. Uh but if you ask me for my city game, it Van Dyke and Gomez to be your two. And in front of them you play Henderson and Fabinho because that's your your pace, your power. That allows you two full backs to go and you tell you and the, there is a lot written in the in the foreign press that you the plan for Klopp was to play Thiago in front of a holding to to let him unlock a defence. You shake your head Chris but it, he did play there for Bayern and won titles doing no, that. Didn't. He will never so play he, in yeah.
0: number. 10. You will very
3: rarely play for number ten. <clears throat> uh, uh, well, good. he might. He might not. But I think it gives that's you an okay. option. I yeah. think it, it gives you a different option. Uh, I think that gives you more balance, especially one like a city away. Although say, I'm not saying in a ten like he just sits behind him because he's a clever player. He'd be allowed to roam. He allowed to be a bit more freedom. Which actually, I think with that player, that's what you want him to do. And the let and let your workhorses do what they need to do, which is just protect your front two, uh, your back two, and then everybody else can. Crack on.
1: Hmm. I, I think, but well, before I we move on, the, I, I think, think so. if we sign a centre-back, I think that puts the Fabinho, the centre-back argument to bed.
3: But why? But yeah, because, but really. hold on
2: no. but why? Because if you sign another centre-back, um, he's going to have to be better than Joe Gomez, okay, which is going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. So why would you, why would you and Grizz tell me that you would play Fabinho at centre-half and then turn around and go, oh, if we sign a centre-back, we wouldn't play Fabinho there. Why not? Because you
1: just told me he's the best fucking thing since sliced bread. No, what I said was, if it, and I, like I said, I picked City away as an example that mm. Gomez has, in the last game against City, I know it was the first big game back after the the lockdown, he had a stinker. Mm. I think the way Raheem Sterling's head goes a bit when he plays us, I think Ster- um, Gomez's head goes a bit up against Sterling for some reason. And I would have just said for that game, I would have played Fabinho at the back. I think... If we don't sign and obviously sign a centre back, I think Fabinho is going to play there an awful lot this season. If we do sign, and we know it's not going to be a a top of the range centre back that we're going to bring in. It's going to be a player we've all discussed this between the 10 and 15 million range. Well, then Fabinho straight back into the midfield and that, you know, that just changes the whole dynamic. I'm just saying, if it was based on the players now in that big game, I think Klopp would go with Fabinho and Van Dijk at centre-back, and he'd go with Thiago Henderson and Keita in midfield. Mm.
2: People, few people are saying there that if, uh, Gomez needs a kick-up-the-arse. He probably does. And listen, if this is a kick-up-the-arse, um, lovely, because I don't think uh, this the, the players in this squad and the squad as a whole um, take this sort of stuff very seriously and usually react. I, I'm absolutely amazed at this conversation. I'm absolutely and utterly amazed because we've gone from... We've gone from Fabinho playing one game of centre half to being our best centre half. But then, if we sign a centre half, sure we don't need Fabinho as centre half. So, uh, no, one I don't. Said th- that. Uh, but, but I, I don't. No, no, you, no, no. You have, you have, because minutes you. Minutes you minutes. No, one no, no, you did. No you said. Keith no said, said, "Hold on, hold on." Keith said, "Keith okay. said, if we sign yeah. another centre half, the argument about Fabinho at centre half is over." Why that would you be signing? Hold on. That that doesn't why doesn't would? Why would you be signing?
0: mean hold on? No That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. No he one. Said, can anyone? Can anyone I, record this video? And I'll go back and show it. To you. He, said, he said.
2: He no said. In, in in the biggest game, he will play Fabinho at centre half. But if we sign another centre half, we wouldn't be having a conversation about Fabinho at centre half. So in your biggest game, you are entrusting Fabinho as the best partner with Virgil van Dijk. But if we sign another centre half, we'll never right now, play Fabinho says, at centre back. There.
0: The question was put to us, both of us that if we were to play City tomorrow or the next game, whatever, who would be our best centre-back or who would be, in our opinions, the centre-back pairing and the midfield setup? And mm-hmm. that's what we gave. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have said that Fabinho is our best centre-back. Neither of us have said he's our best third, uh, uh, second centre-back. What we have said and what I will say for myself now, and f- hopefully we can move on because it's been a great chat, but time is running out. I know time is running out. What I've said categorically, the only statement that I've made is in my opinion, Henderson will play more at number six than Fabinho. And we can track that very easily, all of us, because we're, you know, some of us stuck mad, aren't we? We can we can track that. So, you so we, that? Yeah, in Premier League, in, prim, in the Premier League, in my humble opinion, Henderson, I'm not saying, I'm not going to go into the reasons why, I've, I've said why I think that's going to happen, but, but, I think, and it's not happened yet, so neither of us can be right or wrong because it's the future, right, Gav? Do you follow so far? Yeah, it's the future. Oh, We're I predicting. follow, yeah. I follow, yeah. So I predict Henderson to be playing as the deepest-lying midfielder, whether it's in a two or as the one on his own, more than Fabinho.
2: Okay, so if, if that's the case, does Fabinho, is Fabinho on the bench?
0: Magnificent squad. All great teams have a magnificent squad. What a squad.
2: Splinters, Chris, absolute splinters there for that question. Listen, um, we'll move I've just on. Said,
0: it's no splinters, I've said, yeah, it's a squad, he's a squad player. All of them are Henderson, F- uh, sorry, uh, Genie, Kater, Fabinho, Ox. When he comes back, are all great squad players. Henderson, for me, after Virgil van Dijk, Mo Salah, Pro- my name, probably the third, fourth name on the list on the team,
2: yeah, above okay. Fabinho. Okay, Um, a lot of people saying, uh, "Calm down, there, Gav. This is what we do all the time, all day, every day. (laughs) We roar and shout with each other, and then we. It it very rarely happens on here, but that's that's fair enough. But um, uh, Chris is turning up on the screen twice here. I don't know what's going on. Um, He's back now. Um, But listen, we'll have this argument again. I I think I'll go on record. I think these are absolutely bonkers. But
3: back to the game.
2: Got the shout against
3: City.
2: Back to the game. Um, We. Have the penalty situation? Uh, I think. Do we all agree it was a penalty, Keith? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. can Chris. The Chelsea one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah there was a bit. There was a bit of
1: talk
2: if, that. Um, I, yeah, he
0: did. He did buy it, but yeah, yeah. it has to be given.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you run across like that. You know,
0: you're always yeah, going fair to enough.
2: Yeah. Stuart is telling us not to calm down. He loves it. A uh, few people are getting obsessed, Stuart, um, that we were getting obsessed, so we yeah, had to stop. Don't
1: be, upset. Don't be upset. <laughs> ah, ah, that's all right. I forgot uh, about talking about the game and still had stuff to talk
3: about.
2: Uh, uh, I forgot about the game as well. Uh, but listen, um, the penalty, Chris, for you, penalty? Just. Just, yeah. I think um, it's very,
3: very minimal contact. Put uh, it this way, Keith, I know you face it, later. most of us that, you don't get it.
1: But that's that's the thing that. about the player, you know what I mean? The reality is, if that happens, Moussa, it should still be a penalty. Do you
3: know, just, know what I mean? Like, you, but we've seen a lot of them not given. Yeah, uh, and this is where I get frustrated with refereeing <laughs> the context. Uh, Flash, garden, Flash
2: garden Flash Gordon says, "Gav, stick on the United highlights that'll relax you." <laughs> Watched them last <laughs> night. It was fucking brilliant. Um, unbelievable. Sorry, Chris. Keep going.
3: <laughs> but yeah, so that that's my only frustration is there is still too even with VAR. There's still a lot of refereeing with context, uh, which is why I'm not a so fan of the goat, uh, which would be contrary. I don't like the goat, the goat to the monitor bollocks. I, I, you don't like that? Uh, no, I like the cricket way, uh, which is you speak to the guy and you go, he goes, that's a penalty. And he go, the guy checks it. He goes, no, you've made a balls with that. It's not a penalty. Don't give it. And all they do in cricket is they make a sign which says, I'm reversing my decision. And it comes on the big screen saying, no penalty you know, dive or but, whatever. That works. it takes all the emotion out of it. But um, that's
1: what it was last season and it was a disaster. I think
3: the rugby one is
1: the best one to look at.
3: That's that's because the dickheads in charge that, because that's again true. it's still rela- it's true. still relying on our officials yeah. doing their job. I mean you've seen the handball yeah. the new handball rule. I've seen three days, you've seen McGuire's got given. I've seen no one got given today, but then we saw Gabrielle's which is identical didn't get given. And that's the same, mm. the see, same the difference,
0: see the difference that, with this the difference with this method, right? It puts a slight pressure on the referee to actually change his decision because yeah. he's being asked to go and have a look. We may, we think you may have made a mistake. So psychologically, me, the referee thinks, mm, okay. So therefore, different. he automatically, yeah, he automatically thinks I may have made a rickety here, and you look to make the decision, yeah, yeah. Uh, change the to reverse
3: me, decision. To me, uh, go to a screen. It's just uh, TV theater. It's been of theater of uh, oh, it's going to the re- it goes to the screen. It's like when Joey goes to VAR last year, and if he didn't get a decision was in the first two, three minutes, you all sat in the ground going, he's not given this. Or whatever decision was given, you know it's getting reversed because it takes forever. Uh, it's the same thing. So to me, what they should eventually do is, it's talk about the rugby where the cricket one's very similar, which is um, for the TV audience, it is, Mike, Mike, come up here, competition. You know, hi, yeah, I'm giving a penalty. Uh, I think he's tricking you, check it. Yeah, I've checked it. Yeah, Tia was tripped in, give the penalty. Great. No problem. Uh, what they need to find a way of doing it for the crowd because the crowd in the the crowd in the stadium still have no fucking clue what's going on. It's no issue at the yeah. moment. Well, that's why if a life Dylan in, in the no chat
1: says there. that about the American football, they confer and they you can hear that. And the same with the rugby, when the ref, when the ref goes to the TMO, you can hear the decision and you can hear the... I, I think that's the, what we need. Yeah, but only only in, and not on the ground, you can't. You have to be wearing more and of and the And you know, never no. went for a rugby match. In, in, in in, Halland, in, in, no, yeah. in the
2: rugby, yeah. I've never been either, but in the rugby, they, you can buy uh, or you can tune in on your you can tune in on your phone to give you a an app that you can tune in on the phone to listen to. Uh, so all oh, that.
3: Amer- American football, they can. the they, they, someone goes on the timer. It'll just be like, yeah. whatever the rule is. Number six did it, and yeah. yeah. whether well, you agree with the rule or not, everyone goes. Well, that's what he's given. He said number six. So yeah. you know that's what that's what I think football needs to get to because it's it's a lot clearer. Everyone knows what's going on, and it takes the emotion out of it. This this thing goes to the TV at the moment, I think, is a bit of pressure because of the balls they did last year, and it's because it's a nice bit of
2: theater mm.
3: Because as soon as he um, goes to the monitor,
2: you know he's going to reverse it. Right, I have to finish this off. We've two minutes to go. Grizz, um, Jorginho misses the penalty. Well, he doesn't miss. Alisson saves it. Um, I believe Jamie Carragher called Alisson more or less Mignolet for the last 10 games or something like that. I don't know if them are true. Is that real?
0: I'm
2: not yeah. sure that would surprise you, would it?
3: Yeah. It's I mean, true. It's true. Yeah, apparently. He said, he said, he said uh, since lockdown, the mini, Mignol- the Alison annual- would be saying, uh, it's more like mini. He's not saved anything." Okay, right. I, so I, um, yeah. So, so so
0: so since lockdown, I'm not going to disagree with him. I've been very disappointed with Alison. Um, last, you know, since since we won the title and everything, just like a few other players, not just Alice Allison. You mm. know, we've talked about we've talked about Virgil's concentration and Gomez's, you know, and, and and the form of a few other players. So look, it's it's nothing major. I wouldn't read too much into it. But just like a champion does, just like the rest of the team, when it comes down to refocusing and putting on a show and telling people and showing people why we're champions, how we became champions, I thought he was part of a team that done that today. Mm. And obviously, a penalty save tops it all off.
2: Yeah, people are saying he couldn't save penalties to save his life, and then he does that. Uh, Keith, oh, I was he's a like... Keith, um, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get off the penalty. We all think it was a penalty. It was a good save by Alisson. You yeah. have to finish up. So, Keith, before we go, man of the match? Um, Fabinho. Fabinho. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chris, man of the match? Mane. Mane. That's a fair shout as well. Uh, Grizz, man of the match?
0: Very tempted to give to Henderson or Mane, even for Henderson, played 45 minutes, but Fabinho Mm -hmm. was immaculate, absolutely Mm -hmm.
2: immaculate. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think Fabinho is man of the match. I think Mane gets a great header. He's (laughs) worked hard to get a second goal. Um, and listen, they make all the difference. But I think Fabinho coming in and playing centre-half today, I thought he was flawless from start to finish. Um, and when we play Man City away, we will um, release Joe Gomez on a free and put <laughs> Fabinho back in at centre-half. It's been a brilliant show. Um, don't get too upset because we're having a row. That's what we do all day, every day. Um, we yeah. just don't do it on here. Um, we're sorry if we upset you by we're having a row. Uh, we're the
0: like. realist. This is man. what we're like. Guys. And... Uh, ladies we, and gentlemen this is exactly this is what we like all day 24 hours a day
2: yeah literally it's, except when Grizz is asleep and when transfer news is coming out but listen um, no that's what we do um, I hope you enjoyed it I did immensely um, we're going to get off offline now and argue more about Fabinho and how um, <laughs> Grizz and uh, Keith are ruining Joe Gomez's career in one Life. fell swoop Life. Um that's it that's been the Fatback 4 the forum is back tomorrow from 10 o'clock live Uh, we're back with the transfer agenda on Tuesday and Thursday the Wednesday fix of course is on Wednesday Friday night we have the Friday forecast and um, yeah it's going to be another full week of Liverpool content keep your eyes peeled over and out
0: at Acuity Insurance we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.
3: Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring
1: a Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.